verse uh, 20. Uh, well, really, we back it up to verse number 25 and we figure out who we're talking about. We're talking about Simeon. Uh, a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot is known for, about Simeon more than we would expect because there's not a whole lot written about Simeon. There's really just this little passage here from verses uh, 25 and not even to the end of the uh, end of the chapter. There, just uh, through the part of the 30s, and then we 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 don't really hear about him anymore. Let me read just a little bit of it again to uh, the beginning of it to get us in the in the story and understand where we are. It says in verse number 22. It says, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, this is Mary, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it's revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We will uh, pick that up in just, a, in just a moment as we get the idea of the story. I have a question to ask you. Don't answer it out loud because um, this would be the wrong day to, to, do, to do so. But if you've already done Christmas, maybe this applies to this year. I certainly hope not. But if you can go back to all of the Christmases that you've spent in your lifetime, let me ask you a question. Has Christmas ever been a letdown? Has it ever been a disappointment? Usually that means you didn't get what you asked for, but it could mean a lot of different things. Uh, Christmas could mean that uh, there was a big family fight at the dinner table. You know, the, there's certain things you don't bring up at Christmas dinner. You know, like, Who, who'd you vote for? Or, uh, you know, or stuff like that. You don't, you don't bring that up unless you know that everybody is, you know, the same party, the same mind. Uh, but it's just not a good idea. You don't bring up politics. You don't bring up religion. You don't bring up money. Uh, and, uh, or, or, uh, you know, what my wife and I experience a lot, maybe if you're, if you're married and you don't have any kids, like, so when are you going to have a baby? You know, like, none of your business, you know, we'll let you know <clears throat> when the angel appears to you and tells you that uh, you're going to have one, that's when you're going to find out. But, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things that can spoil Christmas. Uh, we have these ideas of what Christmas is supposed to be like, and sometimes it doesn't happen that way. I remember when I was, I've told you some of my, some of my uh, stories from Christmas, but I remember <clears throat> uh, many years ago, my dad started this idea of the after Christmas gift. At our house, we're very serious about opening presents, and so uh, we, we try to be as efficient as possible. Uh, when I, not quite so much that we're allowed to run into the room and just start tearing open presents with our names on it. My mom makes us, she paces us. Uh, a little bit, and she makes us, everyone sits in a circle, and you have to read the Christmas story, have to, we get to read the Christmas story, and then we we have to sing happy birthday to Jesus, I'm like, I, I think he's beyond that, I don't think he really cares about, but uh, but if you do that, that's fine, but we have to do that, uh, and if it's my turn to read the Christmas story, I usually use Luke 2, because I'm traditional like that, my brother and my dad, they try to find like Isaiah, because the Christmas story is like in one verse, and you just get that done with, move on to the next thing. Um, then we always pick the shortest prayer to do the prayer. Uh, we get in, get right into Christmas, and then she starts passing gifts around. And and you have to do it one at a time. Who does that? You have to wait and watch everyone else open. I don't care what you got for Christmas. I don't want to watch. I want to know what I got. So give them all to me now. And then what we do is we sit and you have your little pile. All right. So you have your spot. You sit on the couch, and then behind my, I sit on the edge of the couch. So behind, that's my, that's my pile of loot right there okay 
So I don't want to get mixed up with anybody else. I don't want to mess, you know, I don't want anybody taking my stuff, you know. And so uh, you, you get your present. And what I do is I open the present. Oh, that's great. That's nice. And put it back there. Let's go. Next one. I, my wife and my mom and my sister-in-law, they're both, they take their time. They examine the wrapping paper. How many, you know, how many of you guys know what kind of torture that is? And they're looking at it. Oh, it's so beautiful. And look. And they're like, oh, goodness, you know, open the thing up. And then they have to find, they unwrap it the same way it was wrapped, with much care as if they're going to reuse all that paper again, right? And they're unwrapping it, and then they finally get to the present, and I'm like, oh, it's a set of doilies, or hey, it's uh, an apron, or it's uh, a thing you wanted. Okay, it's a thing you want. My wife, yesterday we opened up a a little bit, and she got jars, and she was so excited. I'm like, you got jars. Awesome, you know, great. But she kept going on and on. But what I hate is then, and and I don't know if it's a, it's a, a lady thing, or if it's just my family's uh, all the females in my family do it, but they, they, they want to talk about it, and they want to find out who gave it to them, and they want to express in long form how much they appreciate this gift of glass jars that they got. They even want to write them a note right then and there and give it to them. They want to read the card. They want to think about it. They want to, And then, oh, I can't stand it. Then someone has a thought somehow related to this gift, and they want to tell a story. And so that means that everything stops while this person tells a story. I'm like, come on. Let me get going. Well, Christmas usually, if, 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 you're, if, if, it's, if it's mostly about presents, Christmas has a definite end to it. And it takes about 15 to 20 minutes to get through Christmas. In our house, it was years and years it was going like that. It takes just a few, a few minutes and we'd be done. And, 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 I, and, I, and I have to tell my mom, you have to tell me when it's the last one. Because that is the one I'll take my time on. Because I've been waiting all year, and I don't want to find out. And it's happened many times. I tear it open. I get it. Cool. That's great. And I say, oh, that was your last one. Oh. But I, th- I thought, I, w- but I wanted to, you know, and, and I, get, I got mad. So I said, you've got to tell me when it's my last one. So she tells me, this is your last gift. Okay. And then I take my time. I thought, okay. You waited all year. This is the last, you're, gonna, you're not going to get to do this for another year. So take your time. Enjoy this one. And then when it's all done, then I would, you know, turn around and take a look, or then I'd go play with my kids' toys or whatever, do, do, what, I, do what I could. One year I got all clothes for Christmas, which would have been great except nothing fit. Nothing fit except one pair of socks. And so I was still kind of a, I was like a, a junior age, um, preteen, and I took it all back to the store, and I got like 200 bucks. I was so, I thought that was like, this is the best Christmas ever. I had a bunch of money, and now, uh, you know, $200 meant a lot more as a 12-year-old than it does today. But, uh, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was thinking, though, one year my dad got this idea to extend Christmas because, of course, Christmas is all about the presents, right? No, but uh, in, a, in a pastor's home, it's almost a shame to even admit this. Uh, but, uh, you know, so we decided, he decided he was going to buy everybody one more gift, and he was going to hide it, and then somehow at the end of the day, he would bring it out and we would have one more gift to open. It would be kind of like that, oh, all over again, you know, Christmas Day, Christmas morning, all over again. So he did that and he hid them and he forgot about them until it was almost late and then it was like, oh, and he's like, hey, I got y'all again. And it was so much fun, he decided to do it every year. So now, uh, now he doesn't hide it. Actually, one year he forgot about it for like three days and then he opened up his present three days later and he was really excited about it. So what he does now, I don't know why it's a, it's a special place, but it's always, all, he gets the after Christmas gifts. He doesn't do any other shopping except for the after Christmas gift. Everybody gets one, and then you put it on top of the fridge. And so when we moved here, that's what happened to our fridge. We got the Christmas gift, and it's up there. The problem with that is that you know it's up there, and as soon as you're done opening up all your presents, 
after Christmas. Let's open up our after Christmas gift. And so he generally makes you wait until something. I asked my wife today, when do we get to open our after Christmas gift? And she said, late tonight. I said, okay. All right. So I'm, I'm pacing, you know, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting. I'm standing there at the fridge, you know, looking up at it. But uh, I remember one year after Christmas, because after, there's always an after Christmas gift, you know, like anticipate it's going to be a good thing. Better be a good thing. One year, I get my after Christmas gift, and it was a pair of socks. That is like the worst after Christmas gift ever, okay? It wasn't even like fancy socks. It was, you know how moms sometimes will get a few things that you need and call it Christmas gifts? Like you needed underwear and socks, so I'm getting them right now. We're going to count it as Christmas. You needed a toothbrush? Here you go, Merry Christmas. And it counts towards your, towards your limit or towards your number, however that may be. It was one of those types of gifts. And I was kind of let down. I was kind of disappointed. Because Christmas wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I have seen every commercial there is about someone waking up at Christmas and going outside and seeing this brand new white SUV with a big red bow. Has it ever happened to anybody? Never. I check the windows every once in a while. Nope. One, I, a couple years ago, I wanted a motorcycle. And I was, I was real bad for one. And, and I thought, maybe. You know, I mean, and there's, there's always a chance, right? And... and uh, uh, you know, I, I look, you know, no tire tracks in the, in, the, in the driveway. And, of course, we don't have snow in Washington, so it was, it was, I was looking for wet tracks. And then uh, there, was no, there was no motorcycle in the driveway. I had, to, I had to wait till Mother's Day and then go buy myself a motorcycle. But I didn't really get what I wanted for Christmas, you know. I, I was kind of disappointed. You know, I, we, we watch a lot of uh, movies at Christmas, right? There's all kinds of Christmas movies. And we watch these things about the perfect gift. I got the perfect gift, whatever that may be. Maybe, it, ladies, maybe it's a ring. Or, uh, guys, it's a, a game of some sort. We've got to have a toy. You've got to have a toy at Christmas so you can play with something for the rest of the day until you have kids and then you get to play with their stuff and, and break it or whatever it may be. But, you know, something that something you get to do or maybe a book to read, maybe that's what you wanted. Or there's something that you really wanted. And, of course, there are always those people in our lives that are really hard to buy for. So what do you do? They invented gift cards, and you just give them a gift card or cash. You just give them a cash, a cash card or you just give them cash, green cash, and that's great. That's great, too. But we have these ideas, you know, I, I don't know what I want for Christmas, but I expect for it to be perfect at Christmas, whether it be snow falling. I think this is great right here. It's off the roads, but it's on the side. I don't mind that. I'm sure Gordy and, and Andrew, you guys don't mind that at all, keeping the snow off the roads, right? But uh, the, 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 um, the ideal Christmas, maybe something out of a Norman Rockwell painting, or maybe something you saw on a Hallmark movie, or something you saw uh, on some kind of Christmas card, and you said, that's what I hope Christmas will be like. All of my family will be together. No one will be fighting. No one will have an argument. No one will get sick. All the kids will be super thankful for what they get instead of like, eh, I don't like this. You know, or, or you know, I, I mean, I've done that too. You know, I'm not that bad. I don't sound that childish, but pretty childish. You know, we, we have these ideas. This is what I hope Christmas is going to be like. Christmas dinner is perfectly cooked. Everybody shows up. Everybody's got on nice clothes. Does anybody dress up for Christmas dinner? I never understood why you do that. But like, I never wear a tie any other time of year, but now I'm going to put it on to eat dinner with. Like, I don't, why would you do that? Christmas sweater, and everyone's got their fancy Christmas dresses on. Like, good grief. Just jeans and T-shirt. I mean, let's go. Let's, we're, just, we're here to eat, all right? We're, we don't want to get my clothes dirty, so we're here to eat. And we're eating it. Everything just is perfect. And, and maybe carolers come by, and, and people are bringing cookies by, and it's just everything I wanted for Christmas and it happened exactly, and it's, for me, it's never happened. I've had 33 of them now, and I've never, I've never had a Christmas that went exactly according to plan. 
something didn't happen the way I wanted it to. I told you a week or so ago about I got my How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Dr. Seuss, VHS, and I watched the first five minutes of it, and all of a sudden it skipped, and he was returning all the presents again. And I was mad because my gift didn't work. It was a, it was a, a, a defective gift. And I was mad, and, I, and I, for a while I let it ruin my Christmas. What are your expectations for Christmas, though? Maybe you've already done Christmas, and so you've already kind of figured out, is this going to be the Christmas that I had imagined? Or maybe you haven't yet done your, all your stuff yet, and so you've still got some hopes and anticipations that it could be like what you hope it would be. Nobody expects to plan, uh, spend Christmas in the hospital, but unfortunately some people have to. Uh, nobody expects to spend Christmas uh, sick and in bed and not able to breathe or or, or talk, or whatever, but that happens inevitably to somebody. Uh, somebody gets forgotten at Christmas. Somebody gets the wrong gift. Somebody gets something that they absolutely hate. Uh, someone gets uh, a burned dinner at Christmas, or whatever it may be, and, and, and Christmas kind of becomes less than pleasurable. For many people, Christmas is a big anticipation followed by an even bigger disappointment. It's because we build up Christmas so big in our minds that it's impossible to become a reality. We come to Christmas, to the holiday, with too many Christmas movie hopes and Norman Rockwell dreams. And unfortunately, some people have even been burned so many times at Christmas, maybe that um, they were forgotten or things just didn't work out and they just kind of stop anticipating Christmas altogether. They don't just do, we just don't do Christmas. It's not really a big deal to them anymore. If that's you this morning, you're sitting here going, yep, that's me. Christmas is just another day. It's not a big deal. I don't care. There are some people that Christmas is the best time of the year. You're, you're jingle bells and you're doing everything. Uh, and then there's other people that just, just another day. I do presents. I do these. But maybe because something didn't meet up to your expectations, you're sitting here. Well, if that's you, you're not alone. Ever since the very first Christmas, there have been disappointed and disillusioned people who didn't get what they expected to get at Christmas. Even from the very first Christmas, there were people who didn't get what they were expecting. And if that's you, Simeon's song is for you. This story actually takes place about 40 days after the first Christmas. Our story in Luke 2 here, Mary and Joseph, who were still possibly living in Bethlehem, completing their tax business and allowing Mary time to recover from childbirth, now take a six-mile journey up to Jerusalem from Bethlehem to the temple and offer sacrifices as Moses' law instructed them to do. According to the law in Leviticus 12, 40 days after the birth of a baby, Jewish parents were to come to the temple in Jerusalem with a sacrificial offering so that the mother could be pronounced ceremonially clean. This was also the time for parents to buy back or redeem their first sons, because back in Exodus 13, as a reminder of God's miraculous deliverance from Egypt, God claimed every firstborn for himself. Later, when he chose the tribe of Levi to exclusively serve him, parents could redeem their firstborn by presenting him to the Lord with a small, uh, with a small offering. And it was for these reasons that Mary and Joseph found themselves journeying to the Jerusalem temple. At the same time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. Luke gives us a very flattering description of this man. He said in verse number 25, he's a just man, uh, he, or he was righteous. It says there in verse 25 as well that he was devout. It means he was very sincerely uh, religious. It says that uh, he was uh, one on whom it says that the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost was upon him. And he was one who waited for the consolation 
or the comfort of Israel. He was a very religious, spiritual man who was waiting for the Messiah to come. He was, uh, he was just, he was righteous, he was, just a, he was an all-around good guy, and Luke tells us some wonderful things about him. It says that, in fact, God, uh, that, uh, that the God's Spirit had revealed to him that he would see the Messiah during his lifetime. Now, it's common for us to assume that Simeon was an older man. If you, if, you, if you watch some nativity story and he happens to be a part of it, he's usually some old, decrepit guy who's on his last leg, and finally Jesus arrives, and he, and he keels over. But uh, really, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about how old he was. We assume he was pretty old, but he could have been a very—he could have been a young man. Doesn't know traditionally. Uh, it's uh, tradition tells us that he was 113, but that's tradition. That's not—that's not, that's not uh, in the Bible or anything. But uh, it was on this day that the Spirit of God led Simeon to visit the temple. Imagine as Simeon climbs the steps to the entrance of the temple, reaching the top, he noticed a young couple just arriving. They're holding a baby and are obviously there to present him to the Lord. Simeon can't explain it, but he knows that this baby is no ordinary child. And for reasons that he could never explain, he approaches the couple. Joseph and Mary notice this man nearing them and observe his brightened eyes, his nervous smile, and a hopeful gaze at their baby. Without a word, Simeon stands before this couple simply staring at the baby Jesus. They may have noticed a tear escape in his eye. Slowly, Mary and Joseph began to realize that somehow this man knew what they knew, that their child was the Son of God. Reaching out in a silent request, Simeon asks to hold the child. And Mary, no doubt getting used to these unusual reactions from people to her son, places him in Simeon's arms. And as he gazed into the face of God, his heart full of joy and praise, Simeon opens his mouth and sings, the fourth Christmas song. We read that this morning, verses 28 through 32. Can you imagine there as Simeon held that baby? Can you imagine holding your baby for the first time? Maybe a grandchild for the first time and and thinking about how that what that was going to be. We talked about Zacharias a couple of weeks ago and how he he holds his son of his old age and dreams about what his son is going to be. Realizes that that his son is going to be the forerunner to the Messiah. Here we have Simeon who doesn't know this family, doesn't know anything about this family, and yet he walks up to him, and I think it's ironic that the Bible doesn't even tell us that he has this any kind of conversation with him. He just walks up and takes the baby in his arms. Uh, when when, when, we, when our, our youngest was uh, a baby, uh, we, we took him to a Mongolian restaurant to eat with some friends, and the, the waitress thought he was cute, and so she asked if she could hold him. It was all, all uh, Korean ladies or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it was Korean ladies in there. And um, they asked to hold the baby. We're like, sure, you know, maybe we'll get some free food out of this or something. I don't know. So we give him, we give her the baby, and she's, you know, holding him, cooing. And all of a sudden, she just turns off and walks back into the kitchen with him. And she's like showing him to everybody in the kitchen. And we're just sitting there, like, should we call the police? Should we, you know, what should, what should we? We're like, well, hey, definitely, we're getting free food now because I mean, she just stole our kid. You know, we get, we get something out of this. Unfortunately, they brought him back, and so we had to, we had to take him back home. But, uh, you know, I imagine, I wonder what Mary and Joseph thought. If you think about the reactions that Mary and Joseph had when later on the wise men are going to just show up and bring him gifts. I don't believe the wise men had shown up to this point yet because they brought an offering that was, uh, was designated for the poorer folk. Uh, once, once the wise men there, they were given gold and, and, and uh, other gifts, so they would have been able to afford a much better gift. So I don't think the wise men were there. But here's Simeon just showing up at the temple 
not knowing why he was going to come to the temple, I don't think, until he saw the Christ, he saw the baby, and realized there's something special going on here. There's something about that baby, and he approaches them and somehow convinces Mother Mary to give him the baby for a moment. I don't know if he worked at the temple or if he was just another man that was at the temple, but with all the bustling and the, and the, and, and the commotion going on around them with other people coming and going in the temple... Here's this private little audience right here with with four people all admiring one little baby. And Simeon begins to sing a very poetic and prophetic song. He says here, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He's saying, God, I'm ready to die. I have seen the thing you told me to wait for. I've been waiting all my life for the consolation, the hope, of Israel, and you promised me that I would not die until he came, and I put my eyes on him, and I'm holding him right now, and this is it. I have seen God. I have seen the Christ himself. You know, Christmas isn't as much about waiting as it is about celebrating the end of waiting. Christmas is the celebration of the end of the wait for Messiah, and it's the official beginning of the salvation story. That's when salvation really began, when God came to earth and lived as one of us so that one day He could die for all of us. For those who recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the wait was now over. Christ has come. He was long anticipated, and to those who understood His purpose, He did not disappoint. But we know that many Jews were disappointed when Jesus didn't live up to who they'd hoped and thought He'd be. Fast forward in your mind to 33 years later when the same man that had just days before arrived in Jerusalem to palm branches laid in the streets and Hosanna, uh, save us now. And we believe and throngs are following Him and believing and putting their trust in Him. Now the throngs are crying, crucify Him. Why? Because he didn't meet their expectations. Because he wasn't who they thought he was. He was the gift at Christmas that they thought, that's not what I wanted. They wanted someone to deliver them from Roman oppression. They wanted someone to bring uh, peace to the earth better than Caesar had. They wanted someone who was going to make their lives better. Think about all through the Jewish history, there have been persecution and suffering and very few periods of peace and prosperity. And all their history is marked with suffering and hurt and torture and torment and separation and and loss and death. And the Messiah was supposed to come and fix all of that. And for some, they said, all right, he's here. Good. It's going to get better now. And Rome's going to go away and he's going to lead us on. And he didn't do it. In fact, he died and nothing changed. In fact, he things got worse for them. They got disappointed. They were disillusioned because of the, the gift at Christmas. But what, they, what, what the problem was is that they had the wrong expectations for Messiah. And when Jesus didn't fit those expectations, they saw Him as a fraud and even hated Him for getting their hopes up and failing to come through for them. They didn't expect more than Jesus could do. They just didn't expect what Jesus would do. Simeon, like the whole nation of Israel, was awaiting Messiah's coming. Surely he, like everyone else, had expectations and hopes of what Messiah would be and what he would do. Can you imagine what Simeon must have thought when he walked in 
and realized all he had been told was that you're going to see the Messiah. Maybe he thought when he walked in he was going to see you know, a, a general standing there with a sword and a spear and ready to go and fight and take on Rome. Maybe he thought he was going to find a high priest. He's being led to the temple. Maybe a priest was going to be the Messiah. Maybe it was going to be some king. Maybe it was going to be uh, some, some great leader looking, but it was a baby. It was a baby in his mother's arms. Not able to speak. Not able to walk. Not able to do anything for himself. Completely dependent on his mother. Did he expect to see a tall, dark, and handsome figure like King Solomon or King Saul? Or a wise and wealthy king like Solomon? Maybe a powerful and dynamic speaker like Isaiah or Elijah. I do think that eventually Jesus became all of those things, but not yet. At this time, he was just a baby. Completely accessible, unassuming, harmless, and totally dependent on his parents. We don't have to imagine too much what Simeon thought because it tells us in his song what he thought. What did Simeon see when he saw Jesus? Because what we see is that Simeon saw something that not everybody would see. Or not, excuse me, not everybody could see. What did Simeon see? He saw not just a baby, but he saw God's salvation. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. He had enough faith to look at this little baby and think and, and believe this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is God's salvation. I'm not looking at a king. I'm not looking at a, at, a, at, a, at a soldier. I'm not looking at a warrior. What he was looking at for the, for the most of Jesus' life is looking at a future carpenter. How are you going to save the world as a carpenter? How are you going to save the world by leading a bunch of fishermen and tax collectors around? But he had enough faith to believe that this baby he held in his arms was going to be something was something already he was god's salvation notice what he said i like this he says which thou hast prepared before the face of all people he's actually referring back to psalm 98 and isaiah chapter 60 when when it was promised that it would be presented uh, before all people Uh, but he says here not only did he see god's salvation in verse 32 he says a light to lighten the gentiles Some of the songs that we've already looked at have really focused on the light of Jesus, how Jesus is the light. But he says, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Uh, He said, I've seen God's salvation, the one who will save us, the one promised long ago and now sent from God. And I've seen God's light to the world. Gentiles is referring to anybody who's not a Jew, which is pretty much everybody, except for the nation of Israel. And he says, I've seen God's light to the world and the glory of His own people, Israel. In other words, Jesus came to those who had been expecting Him, Israel. But Jesus also came to those who didn't even know He was coming. Jesus came to those who didn't even know who He was. Jesus came to those who would never believe in Him. John tells us He came unto His own. His own wouldn't even believe Him. But He came. He came to them anyway. He came to help them. And Israel's hope and consolation was meant for the whole world. For everyone. That's what it means there. He says, he says, a light to lighten the Gentiles. It's here for the whole world. The light of the world has come. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And He looks like a little baby. As Simeon held that baby in his arms, he realized 
He got everything he was waiting and hoping for. May not have been what he had expected, but it was everything that he needed. That man now has what he most desperately needs. What we actually received that first Christmas may not have been what anyone expected, but it was actually the greatest gift ever. We received the gift of hope, a chance for peace. We received God's love, light to illuminate our world, and a chance to be reunited with God. We didn't just get a baby in a manger, a couple new songs and traditions to kind of shake up and add variety to our year. We didn't just get a reason to take off school or work, or another holiday to spend money and time with our family. So again, what is it you were expecting this Christmas? Was it a toy? Was it time with friends and family? Was it a chance to just sit back and rest and relax and recover? Because if that's all that Christmas is to you, if that's what you expected to find at Christmas, prepare to be disappointed. Prepare to be disappointed at every Christmas when all you're thinking of is material things. Prepare to be let down when you're counting on people gathering together in love and harmony and never fighting and never getting, and never never having an issue with one another you might actually get all of those things but the problem is is they don't satisfy i told you about my my one year i had a gift that i just had to have my sega genesis i had to have this one video game i've only had one christmas when i could honestly say i only want one thing because every other christmas i say i can't limit it to one thing okay i need like a bunch of things, okay? But this one Christmas, I wanted one video game. I wanted NBA Jam. And I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. Christmas, I would have been complete with that one little gift under the tree. I didn't even need Christmas trees. I didn't need pie. I didn't need anything else. I needed NBA Jam. I got NBA Jam. I got it. I loved it. I was so excited for two weeks. And after that, I, I lost the game. I didn't care about it anymore. I didn't even want to play it anymore. It, was, it didn't satisfy. Though it, it lifted my spirits, it let me down. And by next Christmas, I wasn't ready. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have anything that I wanted anymore. But God promised years ago, before time began, that He would send His Son to light the world and lead men back to Himself. And Jesus arrived only a few thousand years ago. And He's been doing that ever since. Albert Barnes put it this way, God fulfills all His Word, keeps all His promises, and never disappoints those who trust in Him. Or you could paraphrase what Simeon said. This this thought has just been ringing in my ears since I began to study this. Simeon holds the baby in his arms, and he says, we've been waiting, and now you're here. And you're everything we hoped you'd be. I'm not disappointed. I waited for Christmas and I got exactly what I wanted. I got exactly what I needed. It's the very best gift that there could ever be. This, this, this Christmas, we have that same gift. It's not wrapped up in a, in, a, in a box, in a bow, under a tree. But the gift is there nonetheless. If you've never accepted that gift, that gift has never been it's been given to you, but that, if that gift has never been believed in or received, 
What a wonderful day. What a wonderful day to make Christmas what it's really all about. And, and if you're sitting here this morning and you realize, I know that Jesus is the reason for the season and I know that Christmas is not about gifts and, and toys and, and packages and presents and all those things. I know it's about Jesus. Take some time today and sit back and just think about the gift that came at Christmas. Maybe after you've done opening up all the gifts and you've had your Christmas dinner and you've enjoyed everything about this day and what it makes it special to you and your family, sit back and think about the one gift that made all of the rest of that possible. Because without Christ, it's just another get-together. It's just another present that might break in the next 24 hours. Definitely won't satisfy because next Christmas you're going to want something else. The meal won't satisfy. The family and the friends might let you down. But the real gift at Christmas, the one that came 2,000 years ago as a baby, is for me and he's for you. You're here. I'm not disappointed. Everything I wanted in you.